Hare Krishna, welcome to the daily morning Srimad Bhagavatam class. <clears throat> Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana (laughs) 
ಯಶೋದಾನಂದನ ವ್ರಜನರಂಜನ ಯಮುನತೀರವನಚಾರಿ ಯಮುನತೀರವನಚಾರಿ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೆ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೆ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೆ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೆ ಹರೆ ಜಯ ಪ್ರಭುಪದ 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 ಜಾಯಂ ವಿಷ್ಣುಪಾದ ಪರಮಹಂಸ ಪರಿವ್ರಾಜಕಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಅಷ್ಟೋತ್ತರ ಸತ ಶ್ರೀ ಶ್ರೀಮತಿ ಡಿವೈನ್ ಗ್ರೇಸ್ ಎಸಿ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಶಿಲ ಪ್ರಪಾತ್ ಕೀಂತರಾ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಕೀ ಸಮವೇತ ಭಕ್ತ ವೃಂದ ಕೀ ನಿತಾಯ ಗೌರ್ ಪ್ರಮಾನಂದೇ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರಿಸ್ ದಿ ಅಸೆಂಬಲ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರಿಸ್ ದಿ ಅಸೆಂಬಲ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರಿಸ್ ದಿ ಅಸೆಂಬಲ್ ಡಿವೋಟೀಸ್ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರಿಸ್ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರಿಸ್ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರಿಸ್ ಟು ಶ್ರೀ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರು ಅಂಡ್ ಶ್ರೀ ಗೌರಾಂಗ ಆಲ್ ಗ್ಲೋರಿಸ್ ಟು ಶ್ರೀ ಪ್ರಪಾತ್
Uh, we're continuing with our daily reading of Srimad Bhagavatam from Canto 1, Chapter 12, t- entitled Birth of Emperor Parikshit. And uh, we are on text 12 today. Uh, please repeat. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narottamam Devim Saraswatim Vyasam Tato Jayamudirayet Nashta Prayeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamashloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naishtiki And now for today's verse, text 12. Tatha Sarva Gunodarke Shankula Grahodaye Jajne Vamshadara Pandor Bhuya Pandor Ivaujasa Tatha Sarva Gunodarke Sankula Grahodaye Shanukula Grahodaye Jajne Vamshadara Pandor Bhuya Panduri Vaujasa Tata Sarva Gunodarke Shanukula Grahodaye Jajne Vamshadara Pandor Bhuya Panduri Vaujasa Tatha Sarva Gunodarke Shanukula Gruhodaye Jajne Vamshadhara Pandor Bhuya Pandor Ivaujasa Both of you repeated it once, so <laughs> we'll continue. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shila Prabhupada Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai Tataha Thereupon Sarva All Guna Good Signs Udharke Having gradually evolved 
स अनुकूल ऑल फेवरेबल ग्रहोदय कॉन्स्टलेशन ऑफ स्टेलर इन्फ्लुएंस जज ने टुक बर्थ वंश धर एयर अपरेंट पांडो ऑफ पांडु भूय बींग पांडु इव एक्जैक्टली लाइक पांडु ओजसा बाय प्रॉविस ट्रांसलेशन देर अपॉन वेन ऑल द गुड साइंस ऑफ द जोडियाक ग्रेजुअली इवॉल्व द हेर अपेरेंट ऑफ पांडु हु वुड बी एक्जैक्टली लाइक हिम इन प्रॉविस टुक बर्थ प्लीज रिपीट देर अपॉन वेन ऑल द गुड साइंस ऑफ द जोडियाक ग्रेजुअली इवॉल्व द हेर अपेरेंट of pandu who would exactly sorry who would be exactly like him in prowess took birth purport astronomical calculations of stellar influences upon a living being are not suppositions but are factual as confirmed in shrimad bhagavatam every living being is controlled by the laws of nature at every minute just as a citizen is controlled by the influence of the state the state laws are grossly observed but the laws of material nature being subtle to our gross understanding cannot be experienced grossly as stated in the bhagavad gita 3.9 every action of life produces another reaction which is binding upon us and only those who are acting on behalf of yajna or vishnu are not bound by reactions our actions are judged by the higher authorities the agents of the lord and thus we are awarded bodies according to our activities the law of nature is so subtle that every part of our body is influenced by the respective stars and a living being obtains his working body to fulfill his terms of imprisonment by the manipulation of such astronomical influence a man's destiny is therefore ascertained by the birth time constellation of stars and a factual horoscope is made by a learned astrologer it is a great science and misuse of a science does not make it useless maharaj parikshit or even the personality of godhead appear in certain constellation of good stars and thus the influence is exerted upon the body thus born at an auspicious moment the most auspicious constellation of stars takes place during the appearance of the lord in this material world and it is specifically called jayanti a word not to be abused for any other purposes maharaj parikshit was not only a great kshatriya emperor but also a great devotee of the lord thus he cannot take his birth at any inauspicious moment as a proper place and time is selected to receive a respectable personage so also to receive such a personality as maharaj parikshit who was especially cared for by the supreme lord a suitable moment is chosen when all good stars assemble together to exert their influence upon the king thus he took his birth just to be known as the great hero of shrimad bhagavatam 
this suitable arrangement of astral influences is never a creation of man's will, but it is the arrangement of the superior management of the agency of the Supreme Lord. Of course, the arrangement is made according to the good or bad deeds of the living being. Herein lies the importance of pious acts performed by the living being. Only by pious acts can one be allowed to get good wealth, good education and beautiful features. The samskaras of the school of Sanatana Dharma, man's eternal engagement, are highly suitable for creating an atmosphere for taking advantage of good stellar influences. And therefore, Garbhadana Samskara or the first seedling purificatory process prescribed for the higher castes is the beginning of all pious acts to receive a good, pious and intelligent class of men in human society. There will be peace and prosperity in the world due to good and sane population only. There is hell and disturbance only because of the unwanted, insane populace addicted to sex indulgence. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshuron Militam Yenantasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Yenabhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamahyam Dadati Swapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Utapadakamalam Shri Guron Vaishnavamsha Shri Rupam Sahrajatam Sahagana Ragunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamsha He Krishna Karuna Sindo Dinabando Jagat Pate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namosute Taptakanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari Prishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhyayevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Namaum Vishnupadaya, Krishna Prashthaya Bhutale, Shri Mathe Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine. Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine, Nirvisesha Shunyavadi, Paschatyadeshatarine. Tata Sarva Gunodarke Shanukula Grihodaye Jajne Vamshadara Pandor Bhuya Pandor Ivaujasa. Thereupon, when all the good signs of the zodiac gradually evolved, the heir apparent of Pandu, who would be exactly like him in prowess, took birth. <clears throat> so we are re- reading about uh, the glorious appearance of Maharaj Parikshit. Uh, where we, we saw in the previous verses how uh, Uttara, Parikshit Maharaj's mother, is praying to Krishna because uh, Ashwatthama has cast a weapon to kill Parikshit Maharaj. 
Parikshit Maharaj is the is the last uh, 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 progeny in the in the line of uh, the Pandavas. Uh, so Maharaj Yudhishthir was ruling, and then he was thinking about giving. Uh, uh, and Ma- uh, and Maharaj Parikshit was supposed to take over uh, the reins from Maharaj Yudhishthir. And so Ashwatthama wanted to kill so that there are no more Pandavas on the surface of the earth. And then in the in the in the previous verses we we saw how beautifully uh, Krishna protected Parikshit Maharaj. He was the size of a thumb, and then he going about in the womb of uh, Uttara, and then um, and then uh, protected Maharaj Parikshit from uh, the Brahmastra. So <clears throat> now. We, we come to the point where um, um, Maharaj Parikshit was actually born. And the circumstances in which Maharaj Parikshit was born was not ordinary. Right? Uh, here the Srimad Bhagavatam is saying that when all the good signs of the zodiac gradually evolved. So Prabhupada goes into, into detail on how uh, we, we are controlled by the laws of nature. Right? We might think that we are all independent and we are the controllers, but for every single aspect of our life, we are controlled by the laws of nature. And Prabhupada is giving an example of how all of us are controlled by the laws of the state. Right? If we if we are going uh, or doing things according to the laws of the state, we'll be in a proper situation. If we are going against the laws of the state, then we we might go to prison. Right? So, so similar, so, and these are gross laws, right? So we, we know for sure that you have to drive on the right side of the road. If you're going in the wrong way, okay, you're gonna get a ticket. Or if you're gonna go over speed, you're gonna get, get a ticket. Or, and, and many other things, right? There are certain very gross rules, uh, that are, that are there by the state. And similarly, there are also these, uh, laws of material nature that are not really gross, that are very subtle, uh, that basically, uh, control uh, not only our life, but every part of our body is controlled by different aspects of this stellar constellation, Prabhupada says. Right? Uh, different planets that we think in this uh, material world, we might think that they're just huge bodies <laughs> that we can go and manipulate. We can go and uh, conquer a planet and then start lives in, in, a, in a planet. Right? That is kind of our intention. Now we fly to the moon, we can go to the Mars. This is something that is under our control, is uh, the thought process of the modern world. But in effect, it is the opposite. Is that we are all controlled by these uh, gigantic uh, planets and stars uh, in this cosmic manifestation, all by the arrangement of Krishna. Right? Uh, not just our, our lives in general, but uh, here uh, it also says uh, that Every part of our body is influenced by the respective stars, which which is incredible, right? Um, and, and I think uh, the Bhagavatam goes into some detail on that when when the process of creation happens. I think where um, it talks about how there is a personality behind every single aspect. So for us, we might that that is the biggest problem with this material world, right? We are all very impersonalistic in nature by nature. Uh, we think this is a thing. There is nothing. Uh, the, the planet is just a big uh, chunk of uh, matter that that is composed of different elements, right? 
but there is a personality in each of that planet that rules the planet that is responsible for that planet right the Prabhupada would often say we there, there is a sun god in the sun planet the, that is responsible uh, who rules over the sun uh, so like that in every planet and every star there is a personality who is responsible for it and every element also right bhumi rapo nalo vayu khamano buddhi revacha that this material world krishna says in the gita is made up of these eight material elements uh, um, so which is earth water fire air ether uh, when from the from the modern perspective or the contemporary perspective we think of these as commodities right okay water is a commodity earth is a commodity fire is a commodity but there are personalities that are behind these elements that are controlling these elements right we have for uh, wind or air i think there is a personality called vayu who is controlling it behind fire there is a personality called agni who is controlling there are demigods or really powerful personalities who are basically controlling these various elements of matter uh, it is not just happening by chance uh, it, nothing happens by chance everything has uh, a purpose behind it uh, we might think everything is happening by chance but nothing happens by chance right so th- therefore everything that's happening in our life is also happening because of a reason <laughs> uh, nothing that's happening in our lives is happening because of no reason so that's the, the reason is what prabhupad is saying here right it is our activities that produce reactions and based on these reactions we are given different bodies and uh, we go through several experiences based on the actions that we have performed uh, in many many lives and we are under the control of several elements of this uh, cosmic manifestation not because of uh, any random occurrence but because of the activities that we have done right so we see uh, in the in the shrimad bhagavatam how uh, this is uh, repeated again and again and again right so in this specific example we see uh, how uh, during the birth of maharaj parikshit who is a great devotee of the lord how the the material uh, constellation uh, the constellations are aligning in such a uh, incredible way that it's going to be really favorable for maharaj parikshit who is going to go and hear shrimad bhagavatam from uh, shukadev goswami right we see the exact opposite also in shrimad bhagavatam where when when a when a when a person is born the the constellations are not so great right when when, uh, when we hear of the birth of hiranyaksha and in hiranyakashipu uh, from shrimad bhagavatam we have such bad omens that are happening right the, there is literally rain of blood and stool that's falling and jackals are howling and so many horrible things there is lots of Uh, heat and people are suffering at that time so these are all happening because of the influences of this uh these uh, stars and planets uh, uh, that's what is causing uh, so many things to happen in this material world right and there is a great science to actually know this right which is the science of astrology which goes into great detail of how uh, we can predict uh based on the time of a person's birth the place of a person's birth they can these astrologers who are really good at it can actually figure out uh, uh how the the personality of a person right now we'll see in the next few verses 
how um, uh, the astrologers are going to read uh, Maharaj Parikshit's uh, astrology. They're going to make his chart and then they're going to talk about his qualities of how, uh, how amazing those qualities are going to be in the next few verses. Like that for all of us also based on the uh, time, it is possible to predict our personality, uh, what our actual nature is. right? Uh, and uh, like Prabhupada is saying that just because uh, there are not proper people who are practicing this science, doesn't mean the science is useless. right? Okay, now we don't have many people who actually have this uh, real education uh, of uh, the science of astrology, but that doesn't make it useless, the, the astrology. right? So just like in the Vedas, Vedas literally mean they are a repository of knowledge, right? And it basically has knowledge on everything that you can you can think of. Uh, knowledge of, say, Ayurveda, right? It's it's the knowledge of uh, health, right? Medicine. It it tells us about uh, how we can maintain our bodies properly, what we should do, what we should not do. It goes into great subtle details of uh, of health, right? And unlike the modern medicine, uh, which is uh, very superficial, uh, which is very gross, we should say. Right on how we deal with uh, our health, uh, but Ayurveda go, goes into great detail on the subtler aspects of health, like uh, our our nature, the mind. For each personality, uh, the the prescription is different in Ayurveda. Right, it is not impersonalistic, whereas modern medicine is very impersonalistic. Right, we, I have this formula, this is what I'm going to do, and this is one size fit all for everybody. And some people might have a reaction. That's why when you when you read the the advertisements for uh, some medicine. I mean, there's a really long list of side effects, right? That that they just keep going on and on and on. Rather than more more than the benefits, they they speak so much about the side effects that uh, that the medicine can have. So so that is the problem with uh, with uh, modern science, right? We are trying to grossly manipulate uh, all these material elements. Which is, which in effect is what modern science is doing, right? They're picking different elements that we have in this world and we're trying to manipulate it, right? Either be it medicine or be it architecture or, or be it so many different aspects or education. It's a one size fit all education for everybody. I don't know who, what your personality is. Everybody has to go through these 21 years of education all the way out of college and then we figure out what to do in our lives, right? Whereas in the, in the, in the, in the Vedic society, uh, based on the astrology, the time that the person was born, you could predict the nature of a person. Krishna says, Chatur Varnam Mayashashram Guna Karma Vibhagashaha. That Krishna has created this Varna and Ashrama. So all of us have a quality when we are born. Right? Uh, and we can develop those qualities. Uh, if we develop those qualities in a proper way, uh, we will be satisfied in our in our lives. Right? Many of us might have qualities as artists, but we might be working as engineers. I don't know. I mean, we, we're doing completely opposite things of what what we're supposed to do, what is innate in our own nature, because we don't have the proper system to guide us. Right. So uh, mostly, uh, the astrology was used for this purpose, right? To actually know what our natures are. So we say, Parikshit Maharaj, you could know that he was going to be a great Kshatriya. So when when such a child goes to a Gurukula, the, the Guru would train him based on the nature of what the child has acquired over many, many lifetimes, right? Based on Guna and Karma. Um, uh, 
and and what is the purpose of knowing this right that that's what prabhupad says he quotes the famous verse from bhagavad gita yagnyartat karmanon yatra lokoyam karma bandhana that this nature that we have we have to work according to our nature there is no way we have to work in this world right whether we are working according to our nature or we are not working according to our nature we have to perform some work in this world there is no way out of it but because of the work that we do we are accumulating so many reactions because of any activity that we are performing we are accumulating good or bad reactions based on the work that we are doing right but the verse that prabhupada is quoting krishna says that all work must be performed as a sacrifice for vishnu then there is no reaction that that's going to happen because of the work that we are performing right so that is the basic use of all these tools that we have so astrology is a material tool uh, say vastu shastra or the way you build buildings right architecture is is another science that you might have or uh, like uh, ayurveda is is another science that you have which all deal with material aspects of of our life which are not invalid right they have uh, lots of uses and purposes based on what we use it for are we using it to have a nice life and have more material sense gratification and keep circling through this cycle of birth death and disease old age or are we using it so that we can work nicely for the pleasure of krishna so th- that is what um uh defines uh, uh how we use any particular tool right we could use a hammer to basically uh, hit somebody or drive a nail into a wall to build a building right the, the tool in itself is is not uh, useless like prabhupada is saying it is it all depends on how we are using the tool and what we are using the using the tool for that that makes all the difference so so like this when maharaj parikshit uh, was uh, was born all these constellations were aligned in a really really amazing way prabhupad goes as far as to say that uh, uh, just like how during krishna's appearance when krishna appears or his incarnations appear these stars and constellations that have an incredible influence right for example they say uh, the 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 sun has Uh, so much influence on our vision right the the moon has so much influence on our mind and like that every single part of our body there are uh, personalities that are having huge influence on how those that part works part of our body works right so uh, so like that uh, uh, when krishna is appearing uh, although he is janma karma chame divyam krishna's uh, birth and activities are transcendental they are not because of any karma uh, but the stars are aligning in such a tremendous way that uh, the, the entire situation in this world is so beautiful at that time and we we can see see that in our own experiences also in in many ways right not, not only uh, especially during festivals and uh, when we celebrate janmashtami or gaur purnima these are really powerful days uh, because krishna has appeared and these influences of all these stars and planets at that time creates a atmosphere that is so conducive uh, for us to actually work on the purpose of our life whereas there are other times where we are we try so much but it's it, our mood is so uh, unenthusiastic 
that we are not able to perform these things because the entire world is controlled by the three modes of material nature, right? Either we are in the tamoguna or rajoguna or sattvaguna. We are in the mode of ignorance, mode of passion or mode of goodness. And when the mode of ignorance, the influence of the mode of ignorance is is really high, whatever we try to do, it's it's very hard. In fact, mode of ignorance means we're doing the things that are exactly opposite to what is good for us. Uh, we are doing all kinds of nonsensical activities that actually are not good for us. That's what happens when the influence of the mode of ignorance is really, really high. Right? It is like uh, doing an activity with thing with a complete blindfold. We have no idea what we're doing. Right? Uh, and okay, in the mode of passion, it is still a blindfold, but which is a little bit translucent or something like that. You see a little bit. Uh, you know things for what they are, but it's still uh, not a good situation to be in. And the mode of goodness is much better than these two modes because uh, the influence of the mode of goodness actually lets us see things more clearly. It's more of a translucent bind. Although it's still binding to our eyes, it's not completely clear, but it is much, much clearer than anything that we see. And of course, Vishuddha Sattva or Transcendental Goodness is where we see things very, very clearly for what they are. So, um, I, I, I just wanted to... Uh, Prabhupada says here that uh, when when Krishna's appearance, uh, all these planetary uh, positions were uh, come about in such an exalted manner that the entire situation of the world completely changes. Right? Uh, and, and only... On, only that particular day can be called Jayanti. Uh, Prabhupada says that it, it is not a word that you can use for all situations or any situations. Ba- basically, if you are from I- India, you would know that this is a word that's basically used for uh, <laughs> every single politician's birth or uh, any big personality's birth. They would call it Gandhi Jayanti. They would say the, the per- appearance of the birth of Mahatma Gandhi, the birthday was called Gandhi Jayanti. But Prabhupada is saying that's not a word that we can casually use. The word Jayanti is very specifically used for the appearance of uh, Krishna. On the appearance days of Krishna is the only time we can use the word Jayanti. So, um, I, I, I was trying to uh, go back to Srimad Bhagavatam on the uh, to the section where Krishna's appearance is there, which is the third chapter of the tenth canto. And talks about how beautiful uh, the the entire situation was, and I thought we could we could read a little bit of of uh, that section, uh, which again talks about the constellations, which is what the theme of this verse also is, right? So this is tenth uh, uh, canto, chapter three, which is appearance of uh, the supreme personality of Godhead. This is text one through five. I have I have a big chunk of the purport, but we'll probably skim through little parts of it. Okay, this is the purport by Srila Prabhupada. When the time was mature for the appearance of the Lord, the constellations became very auspicious. The astrological influence of the constellation known as Rohini was also predominant because this constellation is considered very auspicious. So we can see that among the constellations, there are certain constellations that are considered very auspicious, certain constellations that are considered very inauspicious, and they have their corresponding effect on all of us, right? When 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 a auspicious constellation is there, the the environment is nice and beautiful and conducive for our uh, for all good activities that we can do, perform. And when the when it is inauspicious, somehow we are forced to do things that we really don't want to do, right? 
uh, and uh, Prabhupada goes on to say uh, in great detail um, on uh, like Brahma is in charge of Rohini and th- 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 that's what we were talking about, right? That these constellations are not just big bodies, chunk of matter. Uh, there is a personality behind all these uh, constellations that are having control uh, over who are uh, who are ruling over these uh, planets we could say okay according to astrological conclusions besides proper situation of stars there are auspicious and inauspicious moments due to the different situations of different planetary systems at the time of krishna's birth the planetary systems were automatically adjusted so that everything became auspicious Right. Krishna is all auspicious. So everything aligned in such a way that uh, everything was auspicious. So what, what does it mean? How, what does auspicious mean? Uh, that Prabhupada describes. Right. At that time, in all directions, east, west, south, north, everywhere, there was an atmosphere of peace and prosperity. Auspicious stars were visible in the sky and on the surface of all towns and villages or pasturing grounds. And within the mind of everyone, there was good si- there was all good fortune. Right? Forests were full of beautiful birds and peacocks. All the birds within the forest began to sing with sweet voices and peacocks began to dance with their consorts. The wind blew very pleasantly carrying the aroma of different flowers and the sensation of bodily touch was very pleasing. At home, the brahmanas who were accustomed to offer sacrifices in the fire found their homes very pleasant for offerings. Because of the disturbances created by the demonic kings, the sacrificial fire had been almost stopped. Which is the opposite of what we are reading, right? When before Krishna was born, all the demigods go and pray uh, in the in the causal ocean and say, "There's so many demonic kings that are making the entire atmosphere of the world very inauspicious." Right? That's why Krishna comes, Paritranaya Sadhu Nam, Vinashaya Dushkritam, Dharma Samstapanarthaya Sambhavami Yugege, to protect the pious, to annihilate the demons, and to establish religion. Right? So the, the situation was completely the opposite before Krishna's birth, right? We see a complete contrast of what it was before and what it was now because of the appearance of uh, Krishna. So similarly, Prabhupada goes in uh, goes and compares Maharaj Parikshit's appearance to that of Krishna's appearance in this purport because Maharaj Parikshit was such an exalted devotee of the Lord, right? So uh, that is the uh, platform that. Prabhupada is giving Maharaj Parikshit that he was not an ordinary person that he was as good as Krishna right that we sing every day in our morning prayers also that samasta that the spiritual master is as good as Krishna himself so the, the exalted devotees of, of the Lord are also as good as Krishna himself because they can give us Krishna right so when they are also when they are born these astrological phenomenon are aligned in such an incredible way uh, and we see that in the appearance of Srila Prabhupada also. When Srila Prabhupada's chart was made, uh, it was said that he was going to be an extraordinary personality. He was not an ordinary personality. right? So, this comes to a very important point that Prabhupada is making in the, in the end of the purport, which comes to birth. right? When we are being born, the, the stars align and then it gives us a very conducive environment. But, is it all dependent on chance or do we have some influence on how this can actually happen? It turns out that we actually have an influence of how this can actually happen by different samskaras that we can perform. Right? The most important of which, Prabhupada says, is called the Garbhadan samskar or the samskar of begetting a child. Right? 
So we have to be in a proper mood, in a proper situation, in a proper time. And begetting a child is not just some any sex indulgence, just like Prabhupada is saying, right? The hellish disturbance that we are having in this world is because of unwanted population, Prabhupada is saying, right? Because the insane populace is addicted to sex indulgence. So the matter of begetting a child is also a great science, right? It is not some random... Uh, activity that produces child. If it is a random activity, if we are not taking the science into account of how to beget a child, then we are going to get unwanted population, which is uh, which is one of the arguments that Arjuna presents in the Gita also. When uh, he doesn't want to fight the war, he's saying, Krishna, if I kill all these men, then uh, we are going to get unwanted population because the women might take shelter of. Uh, 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 men that are not qualified and then the children that they are going to beget are, are going to be unwanted population that are going to create disturbance in the society. Right? They, he calls it Varna Shankaras basically. Uh, which is the basic cause of all the disturbances that we are having in this world is because of unwanted population. Or, or because we are neglecting the subtle aspects of science that Krishna has put, the material laws of nature that Krishna has uh, in, uh, uh, instated in this world and we go about doing our activities for just sensual pleasure and the consequences are very horrible and we see it in the world, times that we live in we're not in a really nice situation where the peacocks are dancing and the wind is blowing nicely and the forest has these really aromatic smells nope we're all mashed up <laughs> you know it's it's not a very proper conducive situation uh, so, especially as devotees, we have to be very careful because uh, we know this science, right? So, we have to... So, just knowledge by itself is not sufficient, right? What we know, do with this knowledge is the most important aspect of it. Jnana by itself is okay. It's important. At least we know things because avidya is even more horrible. Ignorance is even more horrible. That you go about doing random activities that are completely detrimental to you. But... Knowledge gives us the path forward on what we can do properly. Uh, but if we don't use the knowledge uh, properly, right? We see cigarette smoking is injurious to health. We see in the boxes. This is knowledge, right? But what do we do with that knowledge? If we go and take a pack of cigarette and still keep smoking, the knowledge is useless, right? It has to turn to vijnana or realized knowledge practical knowledge. I have to take up that knowledge. Prabhupada would often say that, okay, first you go and study in the class. That's the theory. Then you go and use that in your laboratory and perform experiments with the knowledge that you have. Right? Uh, so, so this is knowledge that Srimad Bhagavatam is giving us. That nothing in Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam uh, gives us the highest knowledge. Right? It's Amala Purana. It's a spotless Purana, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says. So every single aspect of uh, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, we can use this knowledge for what purpose? Right? So that we can perform bhakti, perform devotional service. That is the only aim of all the processes that are given. Right? The material uh, science that is given is so that we can be in a proper conducive situation so that our Already in the material world, it is difficult to perform uh, spiritual activities because of so many different disturbances that we have, especially in the age of Kali, right? But there are aspects that we can take, knowledge that we can take from the Shastra that will make it uh, conducive for us in our practice of Bhakti. 
which Prabhupada gave us in very straightforward terms, right? That the four regulative principles that are there is basically helping us to create a conducive situation so that we can chant our 16 rounds properly, right? And and the word here also is um, anukul, right? Sa anukula is there in this verse, and which is one of the aspects of sharanagati, right? Anukul yasya sankalpaha, that we take everything that is favorable for us. For what? What is the reason? Not that I want to have a big home, not that I want to have a have so much money, but so that I can perform uh, bhakti. My actual duty, my actual dharma, is to perform devotional service. Right. So, so in that way, we can take all these uh, different material signs that's given uh, and use it in Krishna's service, which is bhakti. Right. We never. Uh, 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 Reject anything in this world. That is, neti, neti, neti is mostly mayavad. Not this, not this, not this. Bhakti is yukta vairagya. Right? We take everything that is presented to us and use it in Krishna's service. That is uh, uh, bhakti. And similarly, we can use this astrology. Prabhupada, in some, some topics in Prabhupada's writings, he basically never has a positive uh, aspect to it. Like, so many different, like illicit sex or alcohol, drinking, the four regulated principles. Whenever Prabhupada speaks about it, it's always in negative terms. You should not do it, you should not do it, you should not do it. And there are certain aspects in Prabhupada's teachings that are always positive, right? Like the food that you eat, you always have to offer to Krishna. You cannot eat food that is not offered to Krishna. There is no two ways about it. But in astrology, Prabhupada has a spectrum of views on what you can do with astrology. Right, mostly he discouraged, and in purports like this, he gives some positive aspects of uh, how we can use astrology and and the science. But mostly, astrology, as f- for devotees are concerned, are mostly used in in two uh, situations in our lives. Uh, one is when the child is born, the astrological chart is made, and then mostly to know the nature of the child, our propensities, it, which is very important. Right, Krishna says in the Gita that. It is better to perform your work uh, according to your own nature than doing uh, work according to somebody else's nature, even though you might do that work better <laughs> than the other person. right? And Krishna, in fact, mentions this twice. So it is very important to know our own nature, uh, what we are good at, uh, and then do work according to our, our nature uh, as yajna, right? Yajnartat karmano nyatra. That's what uh, Prabhupada is quoting here. So that we can do that work as a sacrifice and to, to Krishna and purify ourselves. And and the other aspect that Prabhupada says uh, that we can use astrology, uh, the signs, is uh, uh, when, when uh, two people are marrying uh, during marriage, right? To see if two people are compatible with each other, uh, if both of them have the same nature, so that they can serve together very nicely, so that there is not conflict. But it's not the only aspect of it, but it's a very important aspect, is what Prabhupada says in many of his purports. Uh, other than that, Prabhupada discouraged us to look at astrology on a, on a day-to-day basis, because for us, we are dependent on Krishna. As devotees, uh, we've taken shelter of Krishna, uh, that is Sarva Dharman Paridecha, right? We, we think of Krishna as our only master, and we think of Krishna, that Krishna will give us all protection. Rakshishyatiti Vishwaso, that's one of the limbs of Bhakti, and Gopritve Varnam Tada, that Krishna is our maintainer, Krishna is my lord and master, uh, and, uh, and Krishna will protect me, right? So, because we know as devotees that 
okay, there are all these demigods that have influences over these planets, but Krishna sits on top of all of them. So if Krishna wants, Krishna can adjust things in our life. And Krishna does that, right? Uh, uh, Jiva Goswami, in the Nectar of Instruction, Prabhupada quotes Jiva Goswami and says that at the time of Diksha, uh, when, when a disciple surrenders to Krishna, Krishna thinks of uh, the devotee as good as himself. Uh, and takes control uh, over, over uh, the devotee's life so that the devotee can progress uh, back home, back to God. But it doesn't mean that the devotee is not going to have any troubles in his life. Uh, there is this famous verse in uh, in the Bhagavatam, in Brahma's prayers, where Brahma says, Tattenu kampam shushamikshamanam bhunjane vatmakritam vipakam. Hridvag vapurbir vidatan namaste jive tayo mukti pada sadayabak. That... Although, uh, and Prabhupada's purport is so beautiful there, and in Nectar of Devotion also he gives, uh, one of, in one of the limbs of bhakti, uh, I think it's, recite, I don't know, in reciting prayers or, uh, in, in, I, I forget what the limb of bhakti that Prabhupada is uh, giving this specific, uh, um, quotation, uh, verse, verse as a uh, citation there, and says how, even in devotees' lives, uh, there, there, it's not that once we become uh, start the process of bhakti that we won't have any problems in our life. Okay, we've done so many things, uh, performed so many activities that we'll definitely have to uh, face the reactions for all the activities that we've performed. But Prabhupada says we should always go through those trials and tribulations in life expecting Krishna's mercy. And for such a person who goes through all these trials and tribulations in life, uh, depending on the mercy of Krishna, uh, then the the verse basically says Dhyabak is that he is the rightful inheritor <laughs> of the of uh, of uh, Godhead, right? Of the spiritual world. That uh, when such a devotee goes through this uh, this life completely depending on the mercy of Krishna, then he can inherit the spiritual world. Is what Prabhupada is saying. So. We can look at it from that perspective. So that's what I was thinking when I was reading this verse. So the, the exact opposite, we can go into great detail of how this Garbhadan Samskar, if not done properly, we see in, this, in the example of uh, Diti and Kashyapa uh, in Srimad Bhagavatam, right? Where they get in union at a very inauspicious time. Kashyapa is saying that this is, this, this is Sandhya. At this time is a very inauspicious time. It should be uh, spent only on meditation. That's why we do the Sandhya. The, the, we chant our Gayatris at that time. We, we focus our minds on Krishna. Uh, but that's not a proper time for uh, begetting a child, right? So, but uh, Diti is very adamant and Kashyapa Muni also relents. And then uh, they, we see that Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu are born. They're very demonic in nature. And then, again, the circumstances when they were born, all the demigods were terrified, right? And uh, it was really not a bad environment. It was not a really good environment uh, when uh, when they were born. And we know what how horrible it was for people uh, because of them, right? And now we have the same thing, right? The situation is not so amazing. Because, okay, we might not have demons that are as powerful as Hiranyaksha and Hiranyakashipu, but they are still not, uh, the conception has not happened at a proper time and place for majority of the population in the world. And that is why we have all the problems that we are facing uh, in this world. So, okay, uh, I'll stop here. We are almost at time. If there are any questions or comments, I can take them. All right, Krishna, thank you for the class.
So, um, I do have a question just about astrological uh, charts and predictions in general. Um, if, if we can use them to make our lives more spiritual, is that the way that we were going? Um, okay. So, uh, or we can use, or we can use them to make, you know, try to adjust the material life. Um, it, it seems like, uh, is it true that, that, that our lives are, I mean, this brings up the question of, when I'm getting that, it brings up the question of uh, predestination Correct. versus free will, mm. right? And so, uh, it, w- what would, like, be the correct way to, like, use an astrological chart or not use it? So, that, that's what I was saying, right? Yeah. Uh, Prabhupada, the use, gave two uses, two situations where we could actually use the astrological charts, right? One is when, when the child is born, the chart is made, so that they could know the nature of the child, right? What propensities the child has. So if if somebody who really knows the science of astrology can read the chart, they can tell us what our nature is. If if we have some Brahmanical nature or we have some Kshatriya nature or Vaishya nature or Shudra nature. And based on our propensities, we can nurture the child in, in the child's nature so that the, the child is satisfied by performing the work because it is in in her or his own nature. And use that nature for the service of Krishna. Right? If, if somebody has uh, an artistic nature, uh, you try to enforce them to do some analytical work. It's completely against their nature, right? They are really creative people, but instead you put them in a box. It's going to be very suffocating uh, for such people, right? Or else when somebody who is uh, very good at uh, businesses, right? Like Vaishya quality they have, they can talk to people very nicely, but Instead, you put them in in a, in a in a position of administration or something like that, right? That is completely opposite to the person's nature. Uh, then, uh, the work is not done properly. It affects so many other people also. When not proper people are not in their positions, they are also not just affecting themselves. They are affecting the other people around them. And it creates a mess. So, one use is... It's not just the only way, right? You can also, by, by the teachers and the mentors who are looking at the child... You can see what propensities the child has. You don't really need to have the charts, but that's one of the use of the astrological charts. But you can still get the nature. And the other place where Prabhupada says we, we, we should use it is when we're getting married. That we are born with this nature, right? It's not We cannot uh, negate that completely, right? Just because we are devotees, it doesn't mean everything gets wiped off. Uh, we are still in this material body. We still have certain aspects that we are born with, with, certain tools that we have. So we need to adjust our life in such a way that we are using those tools. So say one has a <laughs> nature of a hammer, the other has a nature of a nail. Both of them they can come together so that they can build something uh, for Krishna. Right. So that's how we use astrology. But the, the but the thing of uh, free will and predestiny is what is creating this situation. Right? It is our own actions that are creating the situation. See, it is not Krishna who is putting us in a particular situation saying, okay, now you are going to take the body of a dog because I said so. That is not happening because it is not predestined in that way. But it is because of the actions that I am doing. So I might be, say, taking care of dogs or I might have a dog shelter, I might be protecting animals and things like that. But... I'm completely conscious of the dog, so I might get a dog's body. But in the dog's body, I might be at a really good place. Or 
I am doing experiments on animals. I am bringing so many dogs to test things, or I am I am rearing dogs for dog fights. I might still be thinking about the dog and I, I leave my body, but I'll have a horrible life as a dog. Right? So the, the part of about karma is that it's very complicated. It's not like a you cannot go and trace back to say this is the action that basically put you here. It's it's very complicated, but it is because of our own activities that is very clear, right? Every single activity that we do creates a seed of reaction, and then this takes a time. It it becomes a plant, and then it grows into a tree, and it fructifies. And the minute it fructifies, the reaction for our activity that we have done is given to us. So the science of how it is given to us is based on all these planets, right? So how is it given to us? These planets align in such a way that the reaction is given to us because of the activities that we have done. Does it does it make sense? It's it's a it's a very complex system, but a very v- system that works perfectly. That Krishna has created all these parts that are complete by themselves. That they work perfectly according to what their actual work is. Right? This material nature works in such a way. It's Krishna's energy. Uh, that's why Krishna says that Devi Mama Maya Duratyaya. That this material energy is very difficult to overcome. The only way to overcome it is prapadyante, Maya Metam Taranti. That, that only by surrendering to Krishna can one easily cross over this uh, material world. Because what you say is a fact that if you see in the p- picture plates of uh, Bhagavad Gita, there is a picture where there is three modes of nature and they are acting like puppets, right? So we are literally like that in this world. All of us have these modes of material nature and we are acting forced by those modes of material nature to act in different ways. But the beginning was because of our own actions, right? That we acquired these modes and now we are captivated by these modes. <laughs> that it looks like we don't have leeway, but we, we do have uh, free will on how we can act. So thank you very much. I was remembering the question I had earlier. I I thought I heard you say that there is a difference between um, goodness and transcendental goodness. Correct. And so uh, that made me wonder: Does that mean that all of the three modes are existing in, as a transcendental mode as well? So, like, let's say there's the material modes of yeah. ignorance, passion, and goodness, and then is there also the transcendental modes of ignorance, passion, and goodness? No. So, so these three modes are material. And when you transcend these three modes, you get into a mode of transcendental, it's called Vishuddha Sattva, transcendental goodness. Basically, you have four categories, right? Out of which three are material in nature and one is spiritual in nature. That's what it is. There is no, ignorance means you don't know what you're doing. When you're spiritual, you're all aware, you're completely conscious. That's what it means, right? There is no chance for ignorance in, in, in spiritual consciousness. There is no tamoguna in the spiritual consciousness. Uh, and these three modes are still binding, right? Even Krishna says, okay, if you are in the mode of goodness, it's conducive for you to practice uh, uh, bhakti. But you have to transcend the mode of goodness also because we might become comfortable in the mode of goodness. Because when we are in the mode of goodness, we are completely at peace. Because we see things for what they are and we might become complacent and then be just there in the mode of goodness. right? It, we are very... It's in a very, it's a very comfortable position to be in if you are in the mode of goodness. Uh, but Krishna says you should transcend even the mode of goodness and come to the transcendental platform, uh, which is beyond the three modes of nature, material nature. 
which is what bhakti is, right? When you're chanting the names of Krishna, when we're reading Srimad Bhagavatam, when you're discussing, none of this is under the modes of nature. They are all transcendental to the modes of nature, uh, the performance of bhakti. So at one point, we can purify ourselves for the three modes. That's the idea, right? That by practicing this bhakti, we become transcendental to all the three modes. Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma Nashochiti Nakangshati Samas Sarvesh Bhutesh Mad Bhaktim Lavate Param We come to this platform that has transcended the three modes and then we can start performing actual bhakti. Right Now we are performing bhakti within the three modes somehow utilizing our propensities that we have acquired. Right? Then we can transcend this. At that point, no work binds us. Right? We, we, we are, uh, Prabhupada gives an example of Vishwamitra in the Gita. So in, in chapter 3, chapter 5, Krishna is saying, Arjuna, that you have to do your duty, you have to do your duty, you have to do your duty. Because we are under the modes of nature. right? We have acquired certain modes and we have to work according to our different modes that we have acquired. But there will come a point where we are transcendental to these different modes. And we are not a Brahmana anymore, we are not a Kshatriya anymore, we are not a Shudra anymore, we are not a Vaishya anymore, we are a devotee of the Lord. At that point, we exactly know what, whatever we want we can do because we know that we'll do things for Krishna's pleasure at that time. Now if we say whatever you want you can do, you'll, you'll, we'll mess things up. That's why we have this uh, structure in place. So even if we had a specific nature um, before we came to Krishna consciousness, like let's say like we were interested in art, you know, uh, to some degree, but then we came to Krishna consciousness, um, and then now we just meditate all the time, right? We uh, what? Like meditate, meditate, okay. right? Or you know, or like these. What I'm trying to say is, if if that's a high, high, really high platform when you're meditating on Krishna all the time, right? Are we really doing that? No, I'm not doing that. I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm that's what I'm saying. That's samadhi, basically. What you're talking about is if you're meditating on Krishna forever, that's the perfection of our lives. So then it's better to get back to our original natures. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that we have to work, right? Unless we achieve, till the point we achieve perfection, we have to work. And Krishna even says that even for people who have achieved perfection, they work in the society uh, so that they act as examples to other people in the society. Krishna himself says, if I don't do perform my duty properly, the world will be put to ruination because people will start following me and they will not be proper. So, uh, we should work, uh, we should work according to our propensities and then somehow dovetail it to, in Krishna's service, right? Prabhupada employed so many of his artistic devotees uh, in painting these beautiful pictures that we see in the books, right? Their, their, their nature was there, but it was used in Krishna's service, right? Their creative abilities were used in Krishna's service. So, like that, we have to know what our nature is and then... Uh, work according to that to serve Krishna. That's the idea. Right? In that way we'll be satisfied. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. We'll stop here. Grantra Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Gaurabhakta Vrindi ki jai.